Hello there and welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. It's just me this week. It's just me and you. That's right. Leslie's really busy with work this week. And I got really curious about what Terano Fuji is doing right now as he is stepping into this role of Yokozuna. What sort of ceremonies is he a part of? What is he learning? What is he going through? So that's what I looked into this week. But first, I want to hear from you because I always love listening to what you guys think about the boss show. So I'm going to let you kick it off. Hi, my name is Cody Tachikoshi. Uh, first, thanks to Laura and Leslie for having me on. I'm a big fan of the show, and I was an even bigger fan of the July 2021 Nagoya Basho. First, let me say I now have the dubious distinction of being the guy with the Twitter handle, Cody Kachikoshi, to yell Kachikoshi too soon in bingo. So um, apologies for that. Congratulations to Sabrina, the true winner. I don't know if you guys remember last boss show with Chernobuji fought Neo Giryu, but that's how I felt. I felt like I just pulled somebody's hair. And so, you know, the Mona Wee totally showed that. So congrats to Sabrina uh, on her bingo win. Getting into the boss show, absolutely satisfied with how it turned out. I'm gutted for Takayasu. The guy was on an Ozeki run, and now he got a Makikoshi. Um, he lost that final match, day 15 against Shodai. Um, and so he went to seven and eight. He was QJO for the first two days, but still had a bad tournament with the, with the following 13 days, just going um, seven and six. So he's going to vacate his Sekiwake spot, drop down to Komasubi, but more devastating, his Ozeki run at this point is now over. A few more guys, you know, that, that I hated for is, you know, Takakesho. I think that he could have added some real drama to the boss show, and he had that very unfortunate injury. Um, same with Endo. Um, so I hope those guys have a very speedy recovery. On a more positive note, some guys that I was really impressed with, Tamawashi, the man who just doesn't seem to age. Ichinojo had a good tournament at 10-5. and Kotonowaka had a great tournament at 12-3, and three, so I expect him to jump high up the Banzuke. Hoshoryu, the nephew of legendary Yokozuna Asa Shoryu just keeps getting better and better. And I would expect for him to make his Sanyaku de- debut in within three to four tournaments. He's taken down Ozeki consistently, uh, especially for Shodai. Um, and he just keeps getting better and better. So I'm going to be very excited to see what, uh, what he can do. Um, Akibasho coming up in September. Another guy that I was impressed with was Ura, making his Makauchi return. Um, what a great tournament he had. He ended up going 10-5. and five, And my favorite bout from him was when he went up against Senyaku opponent, Komasubi Meise. He showed incredible agility and flexibility in his neck to be able to withstand Meise's charge. He then secures his grip and marches straight forward. Um, Yuri Kiri Begri, very impressive. And you you got to love um, the way Ura pats himself in the back after a match like that. He gives some, some hops and some uh, chin nods of recognition to himself, um, and I love to see it. Now for the main event, Hakuho versus Terunofuji. 
absolutely lived up to the hype. Um, and before I, I actually say that, I want to say the match before, Hakuho versus Shodai, I think that got into the head of Terano Fuji. Because if you watch a replay of the Day 15 bout, Terano Fuji actually doesn't charge forward at the Tachiai. He just kind of raises up. And that allowed Hakuho to get in that brutal right forearm. And so I think that he probably regretted that. I, I think but I think he, he was probably thinking about the previous bout and wasn't really sure what Hakuho was going to do. So, But there was no initial charge from, from Terano Fuji, which was really surprising. What an incredible match uh, before going into the Basho. I wanted Hakuho to get his Zensho Yusho and go out on top. And, I mean, what else can you say? It's the man's 16th perfect record in the top division. He's a Dai Yokozuna just from um, Zensho Yusho's. That was his 45th. Miyagi Obeya is partying like it's 1999. Hokuseho won Division Three, and um, also is getting his um, secretary promotion um, into Jurio. Yeah, I'm calling in from guys number one, Big Muscle Sumo Club. I've had day 14 in my mind. So in Hako's match, he had an especially memorable way of lining up against Shodai, and I think Shodai's pause right before the Tachiai shows how thrown off he was by it. However, Hakuho didn't do this just to beat Shodai. See, what Hakuho does is he imagines the match the night before. He thinks it through over and over again so his body already knows what's going to happen. He knows that Turnafuji does this too and will be planning for that match by imagining it over and over again. But Hakuho lining up that way against Shodai, it completely threw off Turnafuji during his night of preparation. He had no idea what Hakuho was going to do and would be unable unable to prepare for all those unconventional strategies that Hakuho could open up with. Hakuho won day 15 by the style he chose on day 14, and I think that's beautiful. All right, thank you. Bye. First off, let me say uh, I apologize to the Sumo Kaboom listeners because if I have learned one thing, it's said, boy, do I love to talk. I was super satisfied with the boss show. And also, congrats to my favorite term of Fuji. You didn't come out on top, but you did have your best record yet of 14-1, and one, and you are now the 73rd Yokozuna, um, the 5th Mongolian Yokozuna, and 5 out of 6. The Mongolians are really dominating the sport. Um, but congratulations to Terano Fuji, and congratulations to Isegahama. Um, Isegahama now has the distinction of being only one of two Oyakata who have produced multiple Yokozuna, the other being um, Kitsuna Fuji um, becoming Kokonoe, Kokonoe um, Oyakata. And, um, of course, he, he produced Chiron Fuji and, and Hokuto Umi. So congrats for, to Isegahama. Um, of course, his first Yokozuna was Harama Fuji, and now he has Chiron Fuji. So what a great accomplishment. About 10 or 12 years ago, there was an interview with Hakuho, and he was asked, what makes a great Yokozuna? To which he answered, the ability to continue winning for a long time, because you need spirit, technique, and body to do that. I think it's incredible that the man said that in 2009, and here we are in 2021, and by his own standards of what makes a great Yokozuna, Boy, is he living up to it. Um, I think 
Obviously, Hisumu has changed, and he has adapted, but I think that's what a great Yokozuna does. And I don't think anybody can really say anything until you can beat him. At 15-0, Zensho Yusho, you know, in, in most sports, there's, there's often debate when you bring up who the greatest of all time is. Um, but in sumo, I, I don't think you can have that debate. I think it's clear that Hakuho show the man with 45 top division Makauchi Emperor's Cups, is the best to ever do it. Congratulations to the GOAT. Thank you guys for calling in so much. I love hearing from listeners. This is a show where our listeners often know more about sumo than we do. <laughs> and I I really honor that. And I love learning from you guys. So keep it up. You can call us. You can leave a message anytime. We will share your views on our podcast as we can. But let me get to what I've learned a little bit this week. I like to think of this part of the episode as the me and Terunofuji part. Terunofuji last week was officially promoted to Yokozuna, and it just made me really curious about what happens. What happens once you're officially promoted to this high status? So think of this as your beginner's guide to the ceremonies that make a Yokozuna. As we all know, Terunofuji just went through an incredible comeback and was recommended last week to become Yokozuna by the Yokozuna Deliberation Council. The council had an emergency meeting right after the last Basho and recommended unanimously that Terunofuji be promoted. That happened on July 19th, I believe. And the Sumo Association formally approved the promotion on July 21st. Okay, let me just say, first of all, this is the first person I've seen step into the mantle of Yokozuna. So as I was researching this week, I was, I was constantly asking myself, okay, is this what usually happens or is this an unusual thing? And as far as I can tell, this is usually what happens when someone is promoted to Yokozuna. They're recommended by the YDC, which is this group of men and women, musicians, businessmen and women, political activists, leaders of Japan that recommend him. And then it goes to the JSA and it's voted on by the members of the JSA. So, yeah, so far, that's pretty normal. And then there is something that I believe is called a transmission ceremony. This is when someone from the JSA, a messenger from the JSA, is sent over to the stable of this person who's going to be promoted, and they're going to give them the good news that they are now becoming Yokozuna. Now, it's, it's not written anywhere, but I would assume that a phone call has been made first, because when the messenger arrives... The wrestler is in his best black robe, and I'm, I'm assuming, okay, let me just say that as I was going through this research this week, a lot more questions rose to the surface that I cannot answer for you, and I'm just going to throw them out there as questions maybe you can answer, maybe my smart listeners can answer out there, or 
maybe this, maybe these will be questions for a further episode. Someone's obviously called the stable and said, okay, we're coming. Because at the stable, there's red carpet on the floor. There's usually red that's been taped to the wall. There's a bunch of white orchids. There's a press conference set up with microphones, the whole thing. The person who is about to be promoted is wearing his finest black robes, which I assume sumo wrestlers wear for formal occasions. It's the, you know, they're kind of like Hogwarts dress, dress robes a little bit, but they're black and they have these kind of like gray pants underneath. I don't know what they're made of. I don't know if they're silk. I don't know where they come from. I don't know if a sumo wrestler is gifted these at a certain level of promotion, at a certain rank, or if they have a special name to them, but there's some sort of fancy black robes that they're wearing. I would imagine that they're very nice and very soft and very silky, but what do I know? I don't know. But they have these white pom-poms in front. And by the way, what do those represent? Have no idea. Couldn't find that in my research. So the sumo wrestler is looking very fine, very beautiful, and they wait for this messenger from the JSA to come in. There's some kneeling on the floor, there's some bowing, there are some ceremonial phrases repeated, and then the person who's being promoted usually says something back that they have prepared. In Taranafuji's case, he said something like, I will hold on to my unshakable spirit and aim to foster greater dignity and power as a yokozuna. I guess it's it's a it's a custom for a promoted wrestler to have something really smart to say. Because right after this there's a little mini press conference. In Taranafuji's case, he also continued with something like, I want to go all out each day, have a more determined mindset in sumo and get even stronger. I have to change my ways. I have so much room for improvement. I want to understand what it means to be a Yokozuna and be a role model. This is a beautiful ceremony. They're all kneeling. They're bowing to each other. In Taranafuji's case, he was grimacing on his knees because it really looks painful for him to be on his knees very long. He's much more comfortable sitting in a cross-legged position. But I think it's fair to say that he he looked, in this transmission ceremony, looked a little nervous. He looked a little uncomfortable on his knees, but he he sailed right through it. They live-streamed this so we could all watch it. It was a little little weird and awkward. There was a lot of standing around. The first nine or ten minutes of it was Taranafuji sweating and waiting for these guys from the JSA to come in. But once it got going, it was really cool to watch it, even though I have no idea what they were saying because it's not translated for us English listeners. It's still really beautiful to watch. After this ceremony, there is, like I said, a press conference and a photo op. In this case, they brought out two ginormous fish. The sea bream have to be a part of most promotion ceremonies in sumo. And there were lots and lots of sumo supporters there with him. I assume they're the supporters of the stable or of Taranafuji or they're high up in the JSA. 
they seem like the big wigs of sumo. They really do. And you usually get a photo taken with a sumo wrestler sitting on the floor and they're holding one or two big fish. In this case, it was two ginormous sea bream. And they must be really happy because Terada Fuji did not have a big smile on his face. So there's him holding his two fish. There's his coach, his uh, coach from the stable. And then there was another woman in the photo who I assume is the Okami-san from the stable, but I don't know. It's really hard to find out information about who the women are in the photographs. But it's really funny in the photograph because they caught the woman kind of giving a side eye and checking out those fish. Anyway, Terunofuji was not super smiley with the fish, but he looked strong and he looked confident. It looked great. And honestly, this ceremony that they did at this point was super similar to an Ozeki promotion ceremony. I've seen the same outfits that are worn, the same red carpet, the same white orchids behind, the same setup used for Ozeki promotions, as far as I can tell. They seem strangely similar the two transmission ceremonies, and it's kind of difficult to tell them apart. As an outsider, anyway, as an outsider. So after this ceremony takes place, and he holds the fish, and they do a photo op, and there's usually, there's some sort of uh, beverage that's passed around that sometimes people sip, and they do a little cheer, and then there's some questions and some answers. There's talking to the press. Then... Terunofuji, whatever wrestler is being promoted, goes outside for more photographs. In this case, we got some really great video footage of him coming out. There were two other, two or three other wrestlers all looking sharp in their black dress robes, ready to hold him up, pick him up off the ground for a photograph. But this time they didn't have to pick him up. He just walked up some stairs very carefully. They smiled for the press. And uh, to everyone's delight, after they got, you know, the very serious shot and they got the shot with him showing his muscles, he turned to the side and he waved and he smiled for people. And the ladies loved it. The ladies loved it. How could you not? In more of my research of these transmission ceremonies, perhaps it's happened more in the past, not in the time of COVID. There would also be a party thrown sometime in in this time frame fr by the JSA, but I haven't heard anything about that happening with Terada Fuji. I don't know if those plans are just just not happening simply because of COVID or even because of the Olympics. I'm I'm not really sure, but I haven't seen any footage from a party hosted by the JSA about his promotion. You've got this transmission ceremony, you've got this press conference, you've got the photo ops, you've got the going outside in the street for the photo ops. That's kind of one day, one part of this Yokozuna promotion. The next part is the guys, I believe, in your stable, but that's another one of my questions is, can guys in another stable help with this? Is a bunch of guys get together and they make your new Tsuna, your new Yokozuna rope. It's your first ceremonial suna that's made in what's called a suna uchi. The belt is made with copper wire. It's made with uh, cotton thread. And there are some great videos online of people making the Yokozuna belts. But here's my question. <laughs> you can watch really great footage of how it happens. And, and it's really cool. It, it takes a lot of guys 
Uh, there's like chanting involved. There's counting involved. I can imagine drumming being involved in some of these. It's not like three people sit down and braid up a belt. It looks like 15 guys are working together to make the ceremonial belt. And it looks pretty difficult. Like it takes some muscle to braid these things together. But here's my question. Who's teaching them? How do they know how to make a ceremonial Yokozuna belt? I don't know. Is there some guy in the JSA who's, I assume there is. There's a guy who's in charge of making Yokozuna belts who knows the best way how to make them and probably has been making them for 50 years. And that is his job is to go from stable to stable and teach those guys how to make the ropes. But there's a documentary that I want, JSA, NHK, show us who that guy is that's making those belts because I want to know more about him. So the guys in your stable get together with someone and make this belt. They all wear their white gloves. They wear these little uh, bits of white cotton fabric over their mawashis as they're making them. There's a tarp on the floor to keep all the materials nice and clean and bright white. So your stable gets to work doing that. And you, Terana Fuji, let's just say you, you, the Yokozuna, you, in the meantime, are deciding, okay, which kind of which kind of ceremony am I going to do? And probably you need to make this decision before they make the belt, because I'm assuming it's going to affect the length of the belt. I don't know, though. There are two types of Yokozuna doyo iris that you can choose from. Two styles. They each have different belts. There are two types of knots in the back of the tsuna that a Yokozuna wears. If you have the double loop knot in the back. That's the style that Hakuho does, and it's called Shiranui style. If your belt only has one loop in the back, it's called the Unryu style. Unryu style? I hope I'm saying that right. It's the kind that Kakaru had. So their belts look different from the back, at least, and their doyo iris were slightly different. Some have said the Shiranui style, the kind that Hakaho does, is a little bit more attacking or an aggressive style, whereas Kakaru's style is both offensive and defensive. What it comes down to is, as a new Yokozuna, you have to decide what style doyo iri you're going to do, and therefore what kind of belt needs to be made for you. So that's what happens next for Terra Nofuji. After the press conference, after the photos, all that kind of stuff, he's got to decide, okay, what style of doyo iri am I going to do? And then he's got to learn it. And here's my biggest question when it comes to all this that's happening with the new Yokozuna. Who's teaching him the doyo iri? In Terano Fuji's case, he's decided to do the same style as Hakuho's. The Shiranui style with the two loops in the back. So does he go to Hakuho? And say, okay, I got to learn it from you, dude. Or does he learn it from another retired so Yokozuna? Does he learn it from the same person who taught Hakuho? Is there someone in the JSA who knows both of these ceremonies well? And, and who then goes out to Terra Fuji and teaches him the doyo iri? I don't know. And that's the sort of info I could not find anywhere online this week that I would love to know. 
Is it the same little bitty old man that teaches him, that taught Hakaho, that taught Kisina Sato? Like, how do they get, where does that knowledge come from? How is it imparted to Terana Fuji? I do not know, but I am dying to know because at some point he learns his style of doyo iri and he practices it. He gets familiar with it. And then normally the first time the public would get to see Terna Fuji wearing his new belt and doing his doyo iri would be at the Meiji Shrine. Now the Meiji Shrine for Anybody like me who has not been to Japan yet, who doesn't really know what the Meiji Shrine is, I looked it up. It's a Shinto shrine in Tokyo. Lest you think it's a small, one-room Shinto shrine. No, 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 no. Let me, let me set, picture this instead. You get off the subway, you get off the crowded subway, and you turn out into the street, and then you turn into a deeply wooded area. It's right in the middle of this concrete jungle of Tokyo. You pass under a huge wooden gate that's about 40 feet high, and it feels like an escape into the woods. There's over 120,000 trees in this park. There's a beautiful and very famous iris garden, um, you're surrounded by nature and you walk for about 10 minutes in through this nature, escaping the city. And you find yourself at the Meiji Shrine. It's a it's a very popular Shinto shrine. Lots of people visit it. So there's probably lots of other people in the woods with you. Oftentimes weddings will be done here, like traditional marriages. And it's not like the shrine has been there forever. It was originally dedicated in 1920. It was destroyed in World War II and was rebuilt afterwards, rededicated again in 1958. But it's a very popular spot in Tokyo. And hundreds and thousands of people can fit into this shrine. It's where the Yokozuna give a dedication ceremony every January to start the new year. And you've probably seen photographs of it and you never really realized that it was called the Meiji Shrine. It looks like a beautiful outdoor area. Um, if you ever see a Yokozuna doing an outdoor doyo iri, that's probably where they are. That's probably where they got the footage from. When Kisina Sato made his very first doyo iri in Meiji Shrine, 18,000 people showed up to watch. So thousands of people would come and watch Terana Fuji do his first doyo iri in the Meiji Shrine. Now, we were kind of expecting for that to happen on July 23rd, but it didn't. Like, as far as I could tell, we're not exactly sure why. Um, it could be because the Olympics are the Olympic opening ceremony, in fact, was planned for that day. So there was plenty of other really popular things happening in Tokyo. It could be postponed until after the Olympics. It could be that, I don't know, police are just super busy and they're like, can you just wait and do this after the Olympics? We've got so much else on our plate. We don't really know why, but we haven't seen that part of it yet. 
We're still waiting to see footage of that. So right now, Terunofuji is practicing his new doyo iri. He's probably calling around and asking to borrow a matching apron set because this is the first time that Terunofuji will need his sword bearer and his dew sweeper. He's never had one before. And he doesn't have the three matching aprons that they usually wear because he's a brand new Yokozuna. But that's okay. He can be calling around and asking to borrow other people's aprons and prepping for this doyo-iri that he should do at the Meiji Shrine at some point in the future. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in that beautiful white belt for the first time. I know you guys are too. So that's what we're waiting for. I hope this helped a little bit. I feel like I looked into that all this week and I I came away with actually more questions (laughs) than when I went into all of this. (laughs) So really, I just have ideas on future episodes. (laughs) Like I need to find someone who knows more about what these guys are wearing and find out more about those black ceremonial robes. I want to find out about the men who are in the JSA who know how to make these Yokozuna belts, who know how to teach these doyo iris. I have so many questions that I hope to answer someday. And uh, until then, that's this week's style of sumo. Leslie and I will see you next week on Sumo Kaboom. Bye! I think I really just wanted to put myself in the mindset of Terra Nafuji. Like, what is he thinking? What is he preparing for? What is he learning right now? This is a brand new world. And I don't know, still from far away, if he's hounded by the press wherever he goes, if he's sort of in a bubble and just relaxing still, or what. That, that sort of info we'll probably never know. 